All right. That's my name in sign because I'm bald. Don't make fun of me. I like it. Thank you. I don't know where that come from. So we've been talking about little foxes. Did any foxes leave tonight? Yeah, I think we got some uh, foxes that went out tonight. Uh, I think it was just a great opportunity just to set up. I was a little nervous because I was like, dude, let me just, let's just shut the thing down and go home. I'm, I'm feeling good. Okay. I didn't feel like I needed to say, but then as the Lord just began just to even minister in my heart in that is God does want to remove those foxes out of our lives and he wants us to be able to just surrender to him and walk with him. And even as I prepare in preparing for tonight's the topic, and I'll tell you that in just a moment, is a little sensitive. It's a little sensitive to me. It's real personal to me. It's something that I've walked out. It's something that I'm walking out because this body is under construction. Okay? It's under construction. And so as I begin to just unfold some things with us tonight, please understand, I'm not perfect. Okay? I'm probably going to have to bite my tongue on the way home tonight, all right? So just hang with me in there. But let's look at uh, the Passion Translation of Songs of Songs, or some would say Song of Solomon. This is uh, what Pastor Zach has opened up to us. And so let's read this uh, chapter 2, verse 15. Yeah. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. Say our relationship. Okay, so that our relationship deals with you and the Lord, you and your spouse, you and friends, you and co-workers, you and whoever you have relationship with, whoever you have friendship with, whoever you get along with, whoever you talk with. Let's read on. For they raid our budding vineyard of love. To ruin what I've planted within you. And then here's the good part. Will you catch them and remove them for me? It's a question. We will do it together. I like that part. We will do it together. So tonight we're going to talk about the fox of sarcasm. Oh yeah, did you like that? Huh? Yeah, I heard it. I heard that. Oh God, why didn't you just stop? Pastor Zach, why don't you just tell him no? Save it for next year. Save it for some other time. Let us get through Christmas. I don't want to talk about sarcasm before Christmas. You know, I haven't bought all my Christmas presents yet. I got to deal with all those clerks in the store. I got to deal with my spouse. I got to deal with my kids. I got to, I got to deal with myself. Yeah, that's who we're going to deal with tonight is yourself because you're the one and I'm the one that has to deal with the sarcasm. I'm the one and you're the one that has to deal with the words that are coming out of our mouth. Have you ever had time in your life when you've spoken and, and you just went like this? And it just didn't come back? The scriptures even teach us that out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. And so it's a heart thing. It's something on the inside of us. We're people that live from the inside out. If we live from the outside in, it would be a messed up situation. But we live from the inside out. Sarcasm is a fox. Sarcasm has been a big fox in my life. It's been something that I 
didn't realize it was there in my life for many years. It just came out of me. It was just, it just worked. I had friends that it just, we played it off of each other. We had conversation around sarcasm. And I don't mean that we were talking about being sarcastic with each other. We were just being sarcastic with each other. It was just terminology. It was just the way we walked, the way we talked. I didn't realize it was a problem. And you say, wow, you really are slow. (laughs) I'm just being honest. I really didn't realize it was a problem in my life. I didn't realize that it was a problem in my marriage. All these other people outside of my marriage, they... Yeah, it was just there with them. But the main problem was with me and her. And that's where it began to have to become dealt with. When it came to a head to where she says, okay, it's enough. (laughs) That was her. (laughs) And it was enough. And so we had to walk through some things. We had to walk through some very difficult things. Sarcasm has to be caught. It has to be that fox that that is caught and removed from our lives. It's very funny, this past week, my two sons went predator hunting, and they captured, well, one didn't get captured, one was sly, it ran off, but they captured foxes. They, they, they took some foxes. One of them, the, the fox didn't win, the other one, I don't know where he is. He got away, he was sly, he got out. I thought it was very unique because of a dad dealing with sarcasm with sons. Okay, talking to my sons, we walking through some of this together and then them dealing with foxes. And I mean a real fox, not a play fox. I mean a real fox. So we got to deal with we got to deal with this this fox of sarcasm. We got to deal with it in our relationships because it hinders our relationships. It ruins our relationships. It, It puts roadblocks sometimes in our relationships. It puts those sometimes that that roadblock comes up in just a little small cone And you can move the cone out of the way and continue forward. But sometimes it's a roadblock to where it becomes that cement barrier to where there's no communication. There's no, and I'm sorry, I have to look at her because that's my examples. It's not her, it's me. I have to look at that communication because I put up a, I put up a, we put up cement blocks there to where there was not communication well between her and I. We would just talk about things that needed to be talked about because sarcasm was going to come out. So I had to deal with it because it was ruining my relationship. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Remember, our lives are under construction. Jesus was talking to some people at one time in Matthew chapter 12. And we'll, look, we'll kind of jump right into the middle of something here. But Jesus was talking to them, and He says in verse 33, and we'll read through 37, He says, Either make the tree good, and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad, and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. And the tree He's talking about is you and I. We're the trees that He's talking about. Then He goes on, and this is where He, he starts having some fun. He says, Brood of vipers... How can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified and by your words 
you will be condemned. Remember, we're not perfect people. None of us are perfect. Again, our lives are under construction. Some of us, it takes just a little bit more time with that construction. Sometimes that jackhammer has to jackhammer that heart a little bit harder. Sometimes that jackhammer has to be not just a small bit on it, it gets, it gets to get to be a big bit to where it can begin to deal with that heart, where it can begin to deal with that life. Sarcasm is a killer. Sarcasm will ruin a relationship. It'll hinder a relationship. Uh, you know, I think I can safely say that, that within our culture, it's out of control. Sarcasm is out of control. And, and you can do sarcasm in many different ways. It can be in a sense of just conversation that you have with one another. We see it lots of times now in our culture from a stage, not necessarily from a stage like this. But there are people that are paid millions of dollars. One of the highest paid entertainers of 2018 is a man that is a stand-up comedian. And most of his stand-up comedian comments are sarcasm. Most of them are just tearing the flesh. They're just degrading people, whether if it's man, woman, white, black, yellow, green. It doesn't matter what they are. It is just tearing lives up. And the entertainment, the TV, the news, the political area, every one of them just feeds on it. Why? Because it makes them feel good. Pride feeds sarcasm. Pride feeds sarcasm. See, there was pride in my own life that I, and I didn't realize it. I didn't realize that I had these barriers up and it was just pride that kept on feeding. And even more of that, there's fear. I reacted in sarcasm toward my wife, toward my children, toward anybody out of fear. Anybody in here have a little nervous laugh? Huh? I can't hardly see half of you. Well, unless you're sitting way in the back and somebody's waving at me. I've got this little nervous laugh that I have to deal with sometimes. And it's funny, I know it. My wife knows it. Most of those that are close to me know it. And I've gotten so much better with the nervous laugh that I'll nervous laugh instead of the sarcasm. Because I know what I just stopped not to say. And it just stops. Why? Because again, my life is under construction. Remember, our culture feeds on this. And the, and the sad thing is, it rolls over into the church. Because we're not perfect. And sometimes it just starts out maybe innocent that we begin talking to one. Is everybody okay? You sure are quiet. Are you all right? Okay, good. If you're not, I don't care because you'll be okay when it gets over with. Was that sarcasm? I think it was. Dang it, I told you. I warned you. Our culture feeds it. Let me give you the simplest form of, of a definition of, of sarcasm and then we'll move on. It's to tear the flesh like a dog. It's to tear the flesh like a dog. I, th I thought of it this way today as I was meditating on it uh, because of, I have a background of butchering. I have a, I'm, a, I'm a licensed butcher. So I have a big name. It's called an associate degree of meat science. Okay, what does that say? That means that gives me a license to cut up meat. That's all it done. That's all it is. But so I relate to that still sometimes because of the training and the, and the thoughts that I have. Because I just, I love to do that. I love to cut meat. I love to cut up deer. My kids make fun of me because I'll cut up their deer for them because I just enjoy 
seeing it done and seeing the, the end product. But here's the thing. When I thought about sarcasm and to, to tear flesh like a dog, I think about a big old strip of beef jerky. We used to make beef jerky and it was in just big hunks of meat. And they're real thin, but it's long hunks of meat. And I remember going into the smokehouse, as we be, and it's not a place where you go in there and smoke weed, okay? It's a place where you, they, you smoke meat. But I remember going into, that wasn't sarcasm, that was just giving you some truth, okay? So I remember going in that smokehouse and pulling those racks out, and there being big old hunks of meat on it, and just tearing that meat off. Literally just tearing it, or taking my knife out of my scabbard and just cutting a piece off and then tearing the rest of it off into a big hunk of meat. And then begin to try to eat it and just tear it with my teeth or, or tear it up. That reminded me, that's what reminded me today of what sarcasm does because it's a pretty piece of meat. It looks good hanging there on that rack. But what happens when I take my knife or I take just and tear it, now there's a, there's a rip in it. There's a piece of it missing. Usually I wanted to take my knife from the very bottom and just go up and kind of get into the middle, into the middle piece of it, because that was always the good spot, the sweet spot of, of the jerky that I like. But it's that tearing of that, of that flesh. It's that, it's that just pulling apart of something that, that shouldn't be pulled apart. Remember, our culture has set up this thing called humor. They've set up this thing called humor, and it's not humorous to to rant and rave over everybody or to really just tear people's lives apart. It's not humor. What it is, is it's showing an insecurity or I really don't care about you, just I want your money. That's what our culture has set up. And again, it has rolled over into the Christian world at times and we need to move on from there. Sarcasm is neither kind nor gentle. There's not a gentle or kind thing. You can't say a nice sarcasm. I was thinking about that day. Can I just be sarcastic and be nice? But there's no way that you can be sarcastic and it be kind and gentle. If you look up in Galatians, sarcasm is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's really, <laughs> thank you for laughing. It's really not. And I said it a while ago, it's fed by pride and it feeds pride. It, it's a, I got to change this around. It ruins relationship because I wrote it down. It's a relationship ruiner. To me, that's good English. Okay. It ruins relationships. It hinders our walk with God. It hinders our growth. It hinders our growth in our, in our natural abilities. I'll be honest with you. It, I started going through some things. Londie and I started going through some of this sarcasm just a few years ago. And it really ticked me off. It really made me mad because I had been married for, I don't know, 29, 30 years, something like that. And I realized how much harm I had done to my wife, how much harm I had done to my children. And it really made me mad that I had surrendered myself to allow the enemy to use that in what I thought was funny, what I thought was unique, what I thought was keeping me in a safe place. But what I was actually doing was harming myself Harming my wife, whom I love very much. Harming my children, whom I love very much. Harming my friends, whom I like. <laughs> Was that sarcasm? See, you just can't get away from it, right? No, you can. We can get away from it. So let's take just a few more minutes. And hopefully this hasn't beat you up. But if it's had, let's, if it has, then let's look at a, a, just four scriptures here. Four verses just to get our minds renewed to where we need to be thinking properly. 
Psalm 34, verses 1 through 4 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and He delivered me from all my fears. Father, just for the next few minutes, God, as we begin to just walk out the truths that You've laid before us, Father, not as an act of being silly, not as an act of just trying to make a transition even in a message, but God, as an act of true humility and as an act of true just wanting us to be free and wanting us to remove this, this fox out of our lives. God, I truly say thank You for those Scriptures that we just read. That God, it is that renewing of that mind. And God, we get our focus now that yes, there is an issue in our life, whether it's sarcasm, whether it's coarse jesting, where it's just uh, lack of being able to speak nicely to someone and not edify them. God, whatever that area of that corrupt communication that maybe be coming out of our mouth on a many times that shouldn't be coming out, whatever it may be, Father, these next few minutes, we're going to learn how to walk it out how to make those changes, and we're going to move forward from it tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to walk it out for just a moment. And we got two thoughts here that in, the, in the first beginning of the walkout process of sarcasm or sarcastic or, again, coarse jesting or just being rude. Number one thing is you need to be aware that you have that. You need to be aware that that's in your life. I'll go home tonight. I'll take a shower. While I'm in that shower, I will shave my head and it will be smooth and it'll feel good. It'll be soft. But when I lay my head down on my pillow, I am aware that I am bald because it's cold. Thank you. You understand. Make fun of me all you want. I wear a beanie to bed at times. I don't care. But my point is, we need to be aware. If we're aware that there is an issue in our life, if there's an awareness, then we need to work on it. But the number one thing first in the walking out is that there is an issue. That there is an issue. So if we know that there's an issue, now we can seek for help. So the second thing is now we seek for help. What are we going to do? Are we going to flood Pastor Zach's office? Sorry, I just got you some more counseling. But he's a man of delegation. Thank you, Lord. I just got myself some new counseling. Okay? But no, are we going to... That's, that's okay. But no, we need to run to the Lord. We need to run and we need to look to Jesus and say, Jesus, there's a problem here. And it's not on His end. It's on our end. It's on me. God, I'm tired of hurting people. I mean, honestly, when Londie began to unfold this stuff with me and I saw the pain in her face, I saw the tears and I heard the cry of her heart, it devastated me because I love my wife. I want a great relationship with my wife, but I could see where this sarcasm was killing it. It was not good. It wasn't working well. It, it may have been funny for the moment, but it was not funny every day, 10 hours out of the day, 23 hours out of the day. I slept for one hour. It wasn't, it wasn't good. So when I had an awareness of it, Begin to have to seek help now. God, I need your help. 
God, I'm running to you. God, your word says if I will, I need to come to you because I have labor, I have pains, I've got burdens on me. I've got all this junk on me. I've got to apply Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I've got to run to you and lay all this before you. So number one is we have to be aware of it. Number two is we have to seek help so that we can get to overcome this. So now, now the, the three other, there's, there's, there's four other thoughts here, and they're going to be applications for us. Because if we're aware of it, if we're aware that there's an issue, now we've got to have an application of how to walk it out. Okay? And there's simple ways to walk it out. So the first one of the application, or you can look at it as a tool, is very simple. You go to your electronic device. Everybody hold up their electronic device. Everybody, anybody that doesn't have one of these, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. I'm not being goofy. I really don't know what to tell you. But the simple thing is to go to your electronic device. If it's an Apple product, go to the App Store. If you have to go, if it's a Google or something like that, then you need to go to Google Play and you need to look up something called Version. Okay, it's a Bible app. It's a very simple Bible app. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. You need to download that Bible app. And then you need to go in there to a certain area and it says plans. And then you need to find the plan that is a devotional plan and it's called a 10-day word fast. Oh, yeah, somebody's already been through that, hadn't they? Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It hurts like bad. I mean, it hurt. You, you ever smashed your finger with a with a with a uh, framing hammer? You ever done that? It's worse than that. It's a it's it's a it's it's a uh, sledgehammer. Okay, it hurts really bad. But you know what it's going to do? It's going to change your life. It's a ten day word fast. It's a devotional. It's got scriptures with it. I, I'm serious. I really encourage you to do that because part of that is dealing with words that we say, words that we think upon. The seventh day. The seventh day, unique day of the week, seventh day deals with sarcasm. Now you can't skip that day or you won't, get, or you won't finish the plan and you won't get your little gold medal at the end of the plan. Okay, so you don't want to do that. You want to finish it. But that's one of the applications, that's one of the tools is you go and download that and you work through that Bible. The second thing, even within that, is have some accountability to somebody. Did you hear the little lady's voice over here that said, Amen? That was my wife again. Because see, her and I have done that ten times. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> ten times. <clears throat> ten times ten is how much? One hundred days. Now, I don't know which of the ten times that it finally hit me that I need to work on this a little bit more. But it finally hit me one time that I need to work on this. And you know what? Her and I just talking about just a few days ago, we're going to do it again. And we're going to do it again. It's 10 days long. But you need somebody to hold you accountable. Because see, I know me. Yeah, I know me better than I know you. If I've got somebody holding me accountable, then I'm going to do it. Now, if I don't have somebody holding me accountable, I might fudge one day when it gets to day seven. Because I already know day seven sarcasm. So when I get to day seven, I might just kind of go over that one and just go to day eight and just kind of not do day seven. But if I have somebody holding me accountable, then that somebody will say, hey, did you do it today? Because what we would do is we would do it together. We would read it together. 
Because I didn't want all the pain myself. I wanted her to have a little bit of pain. She ain't perfect. I mean, she looks perfect, but she's not perfect. Okay? So you've got to have somebody to help hold you accountable. See, if you truly want this fox, any fox, if you want any little fox that's in your life, you need somebody to help hold you accountable. Well, I don't like doing that. You think Jesus liked going to the cross for you? Do you think it was unpainful for him to go to the cross? No. Read before he went to the cross. What happened in the, in the garden? Listen to and listen and think about what went on with him in the garden. It's not easy. Getting foxes out of our... Foxes are sly. They're not the easiest thing to eliminate. They're not the easiest thing to catch. They're not the easiest thing to remove because they're so sly, they're so smart in the natural. So that's one, download the app. Go to the U version. Number two is the accountability. Have somebody, somebody's going to be truthful for you. Somebody's going to be truthful to you. Somebody that's not going to cut corners, but somebody that will say, hey, have you done it today? No, I was just tired. Oh, well, it's okay. You can pick it up tomorrow. No, you need someone that says, well, why ain't you done it? You need to read it today. Quit being lazy. Quit being scared. Quit letting fear rule your life. Deal with it. Put on your big boy pants. I think that's kind of the way she said it to me. I'm not real sure. Maybe in a little bit nicer tone. Number three, or number five, really, but it's three out of these. As you're going through this and you begin to learn that you need to watch words that come out of your mouth so that you don't do this, think about what you're going to say before you say it. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. And if you're like me, you can't think that fast sometimes. That's why you're doing this. But think about what you're going to say. That's where that little nervous laugh comes in with me. It's, uh, uh, that's my little, uh, my little, uh, uh. yeah, I'd rather have a nervous laugh than pee in my pants. Okay. Wouldn't you? Yeah, sure you would. But But think about what you're going to say. (laughs) Here's another one. When it does fall out, and it will, when you do throw up some sarcasm, and it will, and you think, I really wasn't sarcastic, look at the face of the person you just spoke to. And see if they had that. (laughs) See if they gave that little nervous laugh because they don't know what to say. They really want to slap you because you were just sarcastic. But just look at their face. Pay attention to their body language. It's that awkward moment of silence. Okay? It's that awkward moment of silence. And here's the last one. Here's the important one. Because this is the one that's going to change your life is you need TWJ. Yeah, I have a calendar and I have a wonderful campus pastor. Yeah, and he says, hey, you need to time, you need to carve out time with Jesus. Okay, because I love you guys. I love y'all that I don't even know. But when you're dealing with people and you're dealing with people every day of your life, and you already have your own things that you're dealing with, 
that you're trying to overcome, that you're walking through. I mean, I got three kids. I got seven grandchildren, one more on the way. I got a wife. I didn't mean that in a bad order with her either, okay? She should have been up here. I got my own thoughts that I have to deal with, my own struggles, everything that goes on. But my good pastor says, hey, you need to take time out every day just to spend some time with Jesus. So I began putting something on my calendar, and I loved it when other people looked at it and didn't know what it was. I loved it when Jody started seeing it. What is TWJ? And you're taking a whole hour for TWJ? Time with Jesus. TWJ. We need daily time with Jesus. We need daily time with Jesus. We need that time with Him to get along with that Savior. You need just that alone time. I don't mean that it's that, that time that you're doing your 10-day word fast with your spouse or with your accountability person or your co-worker or anything like that. But no, I mean you need time with Jesus. You need time in His Word. You need time in prayer. You need time to where you're, you're meditating on what God is saying to you. You need time to where you're writing what He's saying to you. Man, I know last time or time before last or whenever it was, we talked about the soap journaling. That's, that's changed my life. That's changed my whole outlook toward Jesus. It's changed my whole outlook about even about my own self growing. So you need time with Jesus. You need to be meditating upon what God is saying to you. And I understand nowadays you don't really have a cop out. 20 years ago, you could cop out and say, well, I don't really like to read. And you could get away with it because there wasn't anything. Today, you can't get away with that because you can use any type of Bible app that will read to you. It will read to you. You can, you can punch that Bible app and it'll read to you. All you got to do is just sit there and listen. Know how to stop and start it, stop and start it, stop and start it. So you really don't have an excuse if you say, I don't like to read. So you need to learn to apply those things in our lives. Memorize some verses. Memorize the Word of God. Psalm 119 says, one, Psalm 119 11 says, Your word have I hid in my heart so that I won't sin against it. That's how we're going to overcome some of these little foxes. Let's look at some scripture and then I'm going to quit. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. These are some of these things that we need to apply to this time with Jesus. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not upon your own understanding. I remember when I was dealing with this sarcasm, I thought I could just beat it myself. I thought I could just change my mind and not be sarcastic and not, not you know, have to deal with that, that I'd be okay, that I could listen and just pay attention. I'm a pretty good listener. I thought, okay, I can just listen to myself and think about what I'm going to say before I say it. Uh-uh, it didn't work. I had to lean on God. I had to run to God. I had to lean into Him. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Not be scared of Him, but fear and reverence and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Did you read that? It said it will be health to your flesh. It will be health to your flesh. It's healthy for us to get this junk out of our lives. Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each person or each one. Again, we need that accountability. We need that, that thought process to change to where we're renewing our mind. Where that we're not just thinking about how I'm going to respond, but truly think about, is the way I'm going to respond is it going to be uplifting to that other person? 
or is it going to hurt that other person? Now understand, if we're saying truth, truth can be told in a right way. It can be seasoned with salt. It has to be seasoned with salt. We need to walk in the truth. We need to know the truth. If we're screwing up in our lives, we need to know that, hey, you're screwing up in your life. You're talking wrong. You're acting wrong. You're not doing things right. It's not mean to tell somebody, hey, get on the right path. It's not mean to tell somebody, hey, you're being a jerk. You're talking mean to me. You're, you're being sarcastic with me. You're, you're answering me in the wrong tone of voice. You're, you're, you fill in the blank. It's not wrong to do that. It has to be seasoned with salt because we need the truth. We need the truth exposed to us. So let's talk about real quickly as we close here, the results of actively dealing with, converse, with, with sarcasm. Actively dealing with sarcasm. Number one, it'll bring you closer to Jesus if you lean on Him and not yourself. Number two, it'll, be, it'll bring better communication with your spouse because normally that's the person that you're being the most sarcastic with. Okay? So, you better communication with your, 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 your spouse. In my case, it's my, my wife. And it'll be better communication in your marriage. What that's going to do is it's going to bring harmony. It's going to bring unity. It's going to bring a deeper and a more intimate love. And I don't mean just a bedchamber love. I mean just a more deeper, intimate love for one another. You'll want to be around each other. You'll want to talk to one another. You'll want to spend time together. It'll give you real conversation with others. Give you real conversation with others. I found out that people wouldn't, didn't want to talk to me. Not just my wife, but other people just didn't want to talk to me. Why? Because they knew I was going to be sarcastic. They knew I was going to answer them with a sarcastic way. That hurt. I mean, that really hurt. That was tough. But it'll give you real conversation with other people. One of the other things that helped me to do is to see that and pay attention are other people responding to me in a sarcastic way where that I can help them, where I can pour truth into them. It helped me to be a better listener. It taught me to be a better listener because what I had to do is I had to slow down and think about what I was going to say before I said it. Okay? I had to think about what I was going to say before I said it. So let me close with this. And all of you are thinking, well, great. I'm glad he's closing. He's getting through. Wasn't that sarcasm in your own mind? Sure it was. The last quote should be on the stage because I know it's difficult to deal with the little foxes, but here's the thing. It says, change can be painful. Growth can be painful. But nothing is as painful as staying stuck somewhere you don't belong. You don't belong in a lifestyle of sarcasm. You don't belong in a lifestyle of coarse jesting. You don't belong in a, in a lifestyle of corrupt communication coming out of your mouth. That doesn't belong to us. The fruit of the Spirit coming out of our lives is what belongs to us. Our words being seasoned with salt, that's what belongs to us. Us speaking life over ourselves and over others, that's what belongs to us. Amen? Did that help you?